Can we do it from memory? Uh, welcome to the Poet Salon. Yeah, if I just start doing it, I can probably do it. Yeah. Uh, welcome wait. to the Poet Salon, where we talk to poets. Over a podcast. Yeah. Uh, wait. A podcast where we poets talk to poets. poets over drinks we prepared especially for them. There. Okay, sound like you got you it. Started. Okay. Welcome to the Poet Salon, a podcast where we talk to poets over a drink we've prepared especially for them. I'm Gabrielle Bates. I'm Duji Taha. And I'm Luther Oh-So-Beautiful-Hughes. Oh, my God. Uh, um, and surprise, we had our first season. It happened. It's over. You probably know that because you haven't heard any episodes. Yeah, us. but we wanted to make sure you knew we were still alive. Yeah, we're living. <laughs> we're living. We're having a beautiful summer. Had a beautiful summer. It's over now. It's over By now. summer. It's over and done. But we're planning now for season two. We're doing interviews. Oh my god, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh my can I And that's not on that. <laughs> Fantastic. Hope you enjoy season one as much as we did. Um, it was so good. Can we just be real? For a season one. Yeah. Oh my God. What was the biggest lesson from season one for you? Are we talking life-wise, poetry-wise, sure. podcast-wise? Anything. Wherever you want to go. Whatever the first thing that popped into your head was. I honestly just cannot shake Rick Barrett's uh, yes. interview. Um, it's just, that was just so good. Yeah. At it the just, moment he said, like, what... Um, just because something is artifice doesn't mean it's not honest. Yeah, like, like <laughs> yes, I can't stop thinking about that exercise he suggested where you list out all of your identities, like fifty identities, yeah. and then write a poem that uses a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. That like blew skip my mind. over the first ten and start with like the last twenty. Yeah, where does that get you? Thinking yeah. more complicatedly about your own identity in your poems and letting them do more at the same time. Right. Whew. I feel yeah. like I wrote like several drafts of poems after that interview. Yeah, he's a true genius. Instructive. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think like it, it's the most obvious thing for me, which is just like being around people talking about poems like as mm. rigorously and intensely mm-hmm. and thoughtfully and seriously, but with fun, like in a way that I just haven't had before. Yeah. Like that like influenced my entire writing life, right? Like I wrote poems as a result of those conversations. Like I read poems differently and better and just like different sets of poems, like as a result of our conversations. And that's just mm-hmm. like for the baby poet that I am. <laughs> for like the DIY MFA thing. Like that was like this is the most instructive project I've worked on so far. Oh my god, same. And I've done an MFA, so whoops. Um, but just, be, yeah, sheer exposure to all these people who are writing in such different ways, but so well, mm-hmm. and from so many different perspectives, and just like thinking deeply about what they're doing, um, and giving us the gift of their time to unpack that uh, has been amazing. And. It's been super weird in a fun way to record from my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> so like we're sitting here and it's just us now, but I can so clearly visualize like all the people who have sat at this table with us. Yeah, same. 
at my table. We all look at this empty spot. (laughs) It's just bananas. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I remember when Jeffrey Davis started singing You Are My Sunshine, and I started crying. (laughs) And it's just, I mean, it feels like such a gift to have gotten to do this Um, and to still be doing it. I'm so excited for season two. (laughs) Yes, Dougie. What, now that you're seasoned podcast professionals? Oh, now that the what, salt's on there exactly. and the paprika. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the <laughs> what, what advice would you give yourself a year ago? Uh, I'm, uh, I would tell myself to let the passion speak before the craft. Ooh. Well, are we talking about in poems or in podcasting? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I just meant in podcasting, but <laughs> yeah, I guess it could be I applied think, to poetry. Guess, yeah. But like, just like, don't feel like you have to be smart enough to talk about a poem. When you love it, you can just say, I love this poem because this fucking line break fucked me up for three days. And ah. so let's talk about why it fucked me up yeah. for three days. Yeah. Yes. What do you think about it? Yeah. I'll, I'll never forget when we were chatting with Ross Gay and he brought in that poem and was just like silent afterwards. Mm-hmm. And was just like, I, I don't know what to say about this because I love it so much. Right. Yeah. And remembering that that's an option, that we don't have to immediately go into intellectualizing mm-hmm. this piece of art. We can just sit in yeah, that emotional response mm-hmm. um, is really freeing to think about. I think for me personally, the advice I would give myself is the advice I give myself in basically every area of life, which is to relax a little bit mm-hmm. and not, uh, you know, over-prepare and risk choking the life out of a thing. Like I'll, I'll remember in our very first interview with Quentin Baker, I'd written out verbatim every word, everything I was going to say (laughs) because of course I did. And, um, (laughs) and then after that I chilled out and then it sounded so much better. So relax, Gabby, future, past, present. Relax. What about you, (laughs) Doogie? Um, I mean, it's similar to Gabby and surprise. Like I think I have to tell myself all the time, but it's like that I am prepared to do this. Yeah. That like I can't do this. I have terrible imposter syndrome. <laughs> so like definitely ahead of time I knew I mean like the reason the reason I reached out to you too because it was like this thing can't fail. <laughs> like <laughs> you two are smart enough, like well versed enough, charismatic Aww. enough that like it will carry the show. Um and I think over the course of the season it felt like, oh, like I, I can like actually participate in this conversation. Like yes. I am sure. Like it's not just that like I mean, for me, like if we when we started the season, if by the my goal was like, I'm if I'm just a receptacle for the entire season and I just learn stuff, great. Like that's yeah. Like if the audience was only us, I still think it would have been worth it. Right. Yeah. And the fact that so many people are listening and engaging with it is just wild beyond belief in the best way. Yeah. Um, But kind of unnecessary. Yeah. (laughs) Because it like the conversation, like you know, to like actually be in conversation with y'all and like Mm -hmm. our guests is like. Like I, I can do it. It turns out, like yeah. I can be in turns conversation out you're with great people, at it. and it's like, oh, okay. I love how just having microphones out elevates the level of conversation. Often, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like just by having this podcast going and these microphones out, when we bring a guest in, like we end up having conversations that I don't think we would have otherwise. Yeah, that's very true. People up there of the game in terms of how they're articulating themselves and Mm -hmm. they take themselves and their ideas more seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that, is that like, and isn't, I've been thinking about this particular thing a lot lately. Is that why we read poems? Because it elevates our communication. Yeah. Like, is there something about like serious, like 
going to poems because like that is a place of serious like that is again like not to say that that is without Mm -hmm. joy or humor and like those other things but there's a certain like and maybe this is because of the Vive Francis workshop that we got to be in together Gabby but like you know the idea that like writing a poem is to participate in this like the oldest conversation that Mm -hmm. ever has happened in Mm -hmm. humankind it's like uh, raises the stakes just from that yeah Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know I guess I'm Oh my fascinated gosh. by that idea i don't know I, I i come to poems um i think just for the magic of it all like i just the best poems i just can't figure out how the fuck they did that like i'm just like i want to read this magic over and over and over and just kind of just live in that how state um yeah i think for me it's just i want to be just wowed all the time um for me that's what poetry like does for me yeah. um you know other shit like you know rethinking the human experience yada 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 yada. Um, <laughs> becoming more human right whatever. yeah the, the shit you say in like a workshop class um <laughs> but like for me it's really about that magic like even since i was a child like reading langston hughes um i was just like i i, I too am american <laughs> like how <laughs> how do you how do you raise it in the sun? I don't understand how you're doing this. Right, um, right. And so even now when I read that, read that poem, like every like once a few months, I'm like, how did he get away with this poem um, in the time he lived in and how is it still one of the best poems in American history? Um, I think for me, that's what poetry does. The magic and the kind of transcending time. Um, yeah, what about you, Gabby? Yeah, I think it it, it is about the magic and I think the magic is related to the fact that it's a part of the largest conversation Mm. of humanity across time. There's something about that distilled human voice and in language that's just, when it's done well, it's like nothing else. It really does feel like magic. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I'm trying to keep my answer to this question tethered to... (laughs) the idea of reading poetry as opposed to writing it, because mm. I think I write it for different for reasons. Sure. For sure, for um, sure, yeah. But in terms of reading it, yeah. which I feel like I really started doing after I started writing, mm. um, it's a lot about, yeah, like understanding who I'm in conversation with mm-hmm. uh, or not, mm-hmm. um, participating in this art form. Yeah. I found over the course of, I think, our first season especially, that reading poetry became more of a discipline for me. Mm-hmm. Like... As opposed to just a pleasure exercise? Yeah. And and even just like sort of periodic. Like, you know, like I think I would go through spurts of it. Um, and now, and like it's, I, I've been thinking a lot like how it's taught me a lot about my own self. Yeah. Um, and like my own depressions and anxieties <laughs> and my own neuroses. But like, you know, when even when I don't like feel like reading a poem, like actually the discipline is to like show up and read that poem because like that's the only way you get to be wowed right mm. like yeah you, you gotta to, show up yeah you, you have to show, show up, up and invite yourself to that and i think that might actually be a thing that hanif said like during an interview at one point like part of the poem is like showing up and like it's like yeah. playing defense like you have to be like in yeah. the spot to, you know to for anything to happen um and so the discipline to like continually show up in that spot just for the opportunity to be wowed not necessarily the guarantee for right? sure yeah. which is also like a really important part absolutely yeah, opportunity to be wild. Yeah, that's what people always say um, to read poems you don't like or think you don't like because you just never know what's going to teach you. And right. I think most poems, 
most books that I don't really uh, find as compelling as books that I do like are the ones that teach me a lot of things. Mm. Mm. Um, which is weird because you would think the body would reject the negative things you don't like, but mm. it ends up teaching you what you can't yeah. possibly see happening or yeah. what things about your own poetics. Um, and again, it's just showing up and being willing to be wowed and taught and not pushing it away just because you think it's not as good as it could be. Yeah. Yeah. Reading the poem for what it is, right? You're so right. Someone said, and maybe it was... Measuring it against its own ambitions. Yeah. yeah. Right. Who said that? I don't know. You did. <laughs> Just <like> now. <laughs> that's that's yeah. an original. Classic no. Gabrielle Bates um, quote. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's the type of language that gets thrown around in workshops periodically mm-hmm. to where I don't even know what it traces back to. But um, yeah. I think it's really important to try to determine what that poet's intention or ambition was and then mm-hmm. see how it succeeded or failed against that as right. opposed to measuring it against something really arbitrary like your own yeah. Yeah. yeah or even just like what the poem is trying to say right mm-hmm. which like may or may not be related to the poet's ambition yeah right yeah, because like definitely. so much of what the poem especially in the draft stage but like so much of the poem is like i exist outside of what mm-hmm. the you know any of us intended to write in our poems right For sure. um and that also seems yeah that seems super important right like that's a conversation about messiness and like clean like taking out the errors someone said workshops <laughs> mfa workshops taught them how to write poems without errors mm. like without unforced uh-huh. errors in particular yeah. <laughs> and that was the thing they had to unlearn and it's like yeah because the error is sometimes where the magic gets in or because right like the poem is trying to say something at that point right like mm. or that's where the poem is like trying to say the most maybe and but and if you're not and if the feedback and the workshop is sort of set around that, then it's not actually about what the poem is trying to say, right? Because the error tells you more about what the poem is trying to say mm-hmm. than necessarily yeah, the cleaned the up version. the slip in that restraint and in that, uh, yeah, hyper-controlled. I'm thinking so much right now um, in the wake of this Vibe Francis workshop, which if anyone follows me on social media and knows has rocked my world in <laughs> obnoxious ways, but... Uh, <laughs> um, and just thinking about like how I'm over writing very like competent, pretty poems. And I'm so much more interested in writing true poems. Um, mm. And that has not always been my MO. Um, I can be honest about that. Like I've been wanting to write very like pleasing, impressive poems and not actually saying what I need to say. Mm. And um, mm. I feel like I'm excited to push further into that. Um, Because I feel like the the MFA did lend itself to the former (laughs) more so than the latter. I was never really asked like, what do you what do you need to say? What do you what are you afraid to say? Um, It was all about craft, which is great. I love craft, but like craft has to be at the service of something else, or else it's just Mm -hmm. like this empty, boring object. Yeah. What are you unlearning that you have learned possibly? currently like mm. learning about your own poetics and trying to transform your poetics into the true self um it was also something by said, <laughs> <laughs> which is that um i i naturally understand uh like sound mm-hmm. yeah, in my do. poems um even in places like i'm not super aware of i think like mm-hmm. it just sort of naturally comes out but the thing i don't know very well is like my internal like the way sound operates inside my own mind mm. Like what my mind's reader's ear uh, 
takes in. What the fuck did I you know. just say? Okay, uh, let's unpack this. The a reader bit. in my mind, like when you're reading. Does this have to do with how a poem is scored on the page in terms of like line breaks and stuff? I think that's part of it. Or I, meter. I I I don't think it's meter. I think it's like sort of the well wrought line, um, as well as just like. I think it's more like, I guess like probably the eye and like when, when I don't always necessarily think about um, in my crafting of a poem, like someone alone on a couch mm. reading the poem. Okay. Right. Like you're relying. Yes. I know what you're talking about. Most of my poems. I'm like the uh, sort of final product air quotes for me is like reading it out loud in a room. Yeah. So you're in control of the voice. You're in control of the speed, Mm -hmm. how those line breaks are being read. Why like diction and tension, like to Mm -hmm. me are like come sort of naturally in that way, but I don't necessarily know how to manipulate like tension and like diction in ways that are like not out loud. Yeah. For the the quiet reader on the couch. (laughs) Exactly. Just reading your shit out of nowhere. Right. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that's the thing. Yeah. So I'm like, trying to not necessarily unlearn the first thing mm-hmm. but figure out how to do the latter in conjunction with that and that to me is like one of the scarier things would you be willing to share that moment in workshop where you were forced to realize this <laughs> yeah for sure because i think that might be helpful for other totally. people to hear yeah well i wrote a poem me, i'm the hero <laughs> you, I'm the yeah luther who was <laughs> not in that workshop for is this yeah. for me actually yes. <laughs> um well i brought in a poem in workshop and there were a bunch of sejuras and the define that for the people at home. A gaps in the lines, um, often like two or three gaps in every line. And Vivi asked me to read it out loud, and it's like kind of a long poem. <laughs> and I just started reading it without the sejuras, like uh, ironically, like without the sejuras in my reading of it. Mm-hmm. So it read like a complete line, and I was just like reading the sentences pretty much. Um, and she, like, five sentences in, she made me stop <laughs> and restart um, with the with the sejuras in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a moment where, like, right, like, I actually understand that, like, this poem read out loud, like, might hold more attention if I just, like, rattle it off because it's a long, and I, because I've done that. Like, it's a mm-hmm. long poem. I know that in most rooms that that poem works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, it really works if I, like, overload it. Right, like the poem is packed with a lot of stuff. So if I just like read it sort of nonstop, um, I know that it will work in that room. Mm-hmm. But the sejuras made me like, when she made me stop at every sejura, it really pointed out the places where they were not working. Mm-hmm. It was just like so abundantly clear, and it was just so obvious <laughs> that like so, some of them I think did work really well, which yeah. also was a bigger lesson in like, oh, right. Like when this stuff works, it like mm-hmm. makes sense what my impulse was here. Mm-hmm. I just didn't understand my own impulse mm-hmm. um, for, and that poem I've had for a long time, actually for like over a year. So I didn't understand like, and I've still been working on it and that like, I think helped, that helped in a big way. So you're, you're trying to grapple gather round up um intention versus voice versus um sound pretty and, much and treating the page as one of several possible like end venues or totally theaters where mm-hmm. the, the poem is going to be alive it's not just a script for you to read out loud it's yeah. also something that carries meaning mm-hmm. right 
particularly like rhythmic right. meaning mm -hmm. in how it's presented on the page visually. Right. And thinking about like performance, like that it is its own performance, right? That it's not sheet music for a performance, but mm. rather like the, yes. the poem itself is it, like on the page is a performance. And mm. so like, if that's the case, like then, like then what? Right? I love <laughs> then that. Should this be treated? Like so many, that's so much opportunity true. there. Right. Right. I like that. What are you trying to undo, Luther? <laughs> <laughs> you seem to be trying to undo some like habits around submitting, maybe. But that's I won't answer that's that. Big one. I'm on board with that. Uh, <laughs> that's been undone. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not submitting for for years probably, um, oh and God. I can't wait. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, so funny because I was also just solicited for a thing, and I was like, can I submit old poems to this or no? They're like, yeah, you can. You're, you're good because you're getting old poems. <laughs> anyway. Old so. as in previously published? Yeah, oh, it's for wow. an anthology, and I was like, sure, sure. Um, oh. so these old poems that I have published can be for this thing, can I submit those? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, and I was like, how'd you say yeah? Because again, you would have <laughs> okay. got these poems anyway. <laughs> um, um, what am I trying to unlearn? Um, I'm trying to get back to like 12 year old Luther who wrote poetry mm. in middle school, mm -hmm. who was sentimental as fuck, wrote love poems about stupid yeah. shit. Um, so cute. And just get back to that, like, be okay with saying the words I love you in a poem. Be like, yeah. that's still craft in a way. Um, and just, yeah, being fully myself mm. um, without yeah. thinking about craft um, as, a, as a vehicle, mm. just as another layer of what I've already done. Mm. Um, Cause again, like again, MFA has been like, okay, let's introduce craft as the as the thing and content coming second, mm -hmm. um, and emotion coming third. Um, but I want that to be flipped and have emotion first, yes. mm -hmm. and then have the emotion tied to the content of the poem. And then, okay, let's add these line breaks here, mm -hmm. um, mm. and that being the the journey for me now, um, and not giving a fuck about craft or trying to be fancy on the page or. Um, yeah, because in my mind, I'm a narrative poet. Like, literally, That's my so mind. That's so funny. No <laughs> one <laughs> ever described it that mind, Ever. In my mind, I'm like leaving point A to point B. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so maybe like you're in this place of trying to figure out like why the poet in your head is not the poet on the page. Right, like, yeah. What's getting mm, in the way for there? For sure. And I think it's mm. the thing about learning poetry is that you learn poetry. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> like you learn how to write a poem to, right. so, so it could sound good, but then mm. you forget what drew you to poetry in the first place and where I started writing poetry. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I'm trying to unlearn um, what I've learned about poetry um, and just write. Um, and then, and because I've learned poetry, it's, it's going to be automatically imposed on the poem as I write it. Yeah. Um, but it can be more be intuitive. Let okay. it be okay yeah. with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll say like w when I'm, it's related, it's like sort of the inverse of my thing, right? Where, cause like for yeah. me, the sound is like so much related to like emotional resonance. For like, sure. and I prioritize those things so mm -hmm. much. And then what was funny in like the rereading with the Sejuras is that it actually highlighted how like those things can actually like add to it, right? Mm -hmm. To your point, it's like crafting the service of the emotional thing versus right. like either in isolation. Either or, right? yeah. Either why or. does it have to be so either or? I hate that. Right. <laughs> it's weird, yeah. I don't understand why in teaching um, at these MFA institutions, why it can't be presented as more of a braided thing. Mm. It seems to be like, okay, we're taking you as this lump of uh, like emotional, intuitive, mm -hmm. whatever, and mm -hmm. it's our job to like slap some craft into you right. as opposed to like bringing that emotion and talking about mm. it in relationship to the craft yeah. it seems like they just in my experience it was kind of just replaced yeah yeah i feel like craft classes never talk about 
certain craft that is tied to content. Like we're talking about, say, relationships, a couple. Let's talk about what craft elements are tied to that kind of emotional reverence, right? Mm. Let's talk about couplets. Let's talk about why mm. your should be here. Let's talk about like chaos in your in your life and then how mm. tercets work with that. So like, yeah. but that's not a conversation people have in craft classes. It's all about, yeah. let's talk about the image, why the image works. Right. And it's like, girl, I've been doing the image for years. <laughs> well, it requires a more like holistic approach of yeah. like seeing people as people students, yes. yeah, and not absolutely. just like, you know, you have to dare to get to know people. Right. You have to create a space <laughs> that feels safe enough for people to be vulnerable right. in those right. ways and unfortunately i don't think a lot of classrooms provide that and so you can only have certain types yeah. of conversations i think right. yeah to that point i mean like the gag is right like poetry functions or at least like the professional air quotes professional poetry functions in the way that like professional anything else works right mm. like there's a hierarchy there's like sort of a way the the conduct and like the way things get done often matter more than the people doing the things mm. right mm. like and and I imagine, uh, not to just shit on the MFA, but... Right, no, MFAs are great in many Right, ways. absolutely. But, right, like, it totally makes sense why in a institutional context like that, that, like, the person, the person bringing the poem and the person beneath the poem, like, sort of gets set aside in mm -hmm. favor of the poem, right? I guess, and, like, and maybe there's, like, sort of a radical reorientation where we actually don't separate the poet from the poem, especially at least in the crafting, right? Mm -hmm. And, like at least in the workshop setting, it seems like, and that does require this like extra hard work or at least work that we have not invested in. There's so much, um, I've been thinking about this for uh, quite some time, this idea of uh, separating the poet from the poem mm -hmm. um, and that being tied to like blind contest readings um, because if I'm a black person submitting poetry and you know that I'm a black person submitting poetry because historically I've not been let into these spaces and so and also I'm writing from the lens of a black person but if it's a blind read you don't know that Luther Hughes is a black poet um if there's a name on it you can you can mistakenly like misconstrue like what I'm talking about in my poems and mm. so but then also the poem quotes just speak for itself quote so it's like where's the line between the people the person and the actual craft and I think again MFA classes workshops don't really teach that kind of uh, straddling of that boundary. Mm -hmm. um, and also contests don't adhere to that kind of straddling. Right. It's like, we're gonna buy and read. It's like, my is great for people who are white and cis and male because cool, they're let into these spaces all the time. But if I'm a, tra a black trans girl, I need you to know that I'm a black trans girl and that right. this space is actually necessary to crack open as that person. Right. And it's related to audience, right? Cause like all three right. of those examples have different audiences, right? And why, why, white dudes do well is because it's mostly white dudes reading, right? Yeah. Tea. I think that's part of it. <laughs> Not pour the tea. <laughs> yeah, these are really big, important questions, for sure. Mm. And maybe more for season two. Ooh! Hope y'all um. enjoyed that little taste. <laughs> 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 It's going to be so good, and it's coming at you in January. And until then, we'll have a few little bonus in-between things to tide you over. Yeah. Keep us in your ears and subscribe. There's a live episode coming soon. Woo! Woo, yes. Hey, More to come about that. Also, don't forget to rate us. 
Subscribe. Five stars. Five stars. Mm-hmm. Follow us on Twitter at Poet Salon Pod. Send us your questions to the Poet Salon Pod. Nope. At gmail.com. That's not what no, it is. That's the I think it's the poet salon at gmail.com. At Send on your questions. Send on your questions. <laughs> your favorite Good. poem from the summer. Your hot takes. Yes, everything you love about Vivi Francis. Everything. To the poet salon. At gmail.com. That's the right email address. Are you sure, though? Is it? Go to our website. Click on <laughs> About <laughs> Us. Oh, we are. Feddy and spaghetti, feddy and spaghetti, feddy and the...